Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website, speakingoftravel.net. You can go online and join the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. There'll be lots of great travel tips and photos and opportunities to really get involved and find out more about traveling. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. And did you know that the Asheville Regional Airport right here in Western North Carolina is the gateway to and from the whole wide world? When you fly home, you're home. So why do a road trip before you leave? When you get back, just fly out of the Asheville Regional Airport. And when you get here to Asheville and you're looking for a place to live, be sure that you check out my pals over at Appalachian Realty. They've been helping people in Asheville find homes since 1979. So they've got the uh, the tie-in with Western North Carolina. Well, today is a really special day. We're beginning our new Speaking of Travel Climate Listening Project series with Dana Ruggiero and some special guests right here in the studio. Welcome, Dana. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Marilyn. I am so excited to be doing this series with you. I love what you do. And so we'll have three parts to this. And the third part will be climate change and ecotourism following a bird that we love and connecting the dots on migratory birds and people around the world working together. Um, on the next episode, we'll have Laura Lennick, and she will be talking about agritourism and the places that we love across America. And today I am very excited to have Kathy Peterson of The Collider and Paula Hennon of Science Tango, who's also a hurricane researcher, here to talk with us today about climate change and sustainable tourism. Well, you know, travel and tourism is a part of our lives. We all travel, even when we're just taking our trip with mom and dad in the car with the kids and going to visit grandma to taking a trip overseas, going to the beach. And as we see the times changing. We're definitely starting to see some new activity around climate. And I'm really interested, and I know that my audience is going to be interested, too, in finding out more about how these changes that are happening are going to be affecting the way that we plan travel, where we go, and even when we go. So let's start out. Where should we start? You know, Marilyn, what I really am interested in is the ways that we are thinking about the communities that live in the places that we love to travel to and how we can work together in our communities across America to the places that we love, as well as around the world to the Caribbean and the many places that we love to travel to. And so when I think about sustainable travel, I think about the places that are changing now. Um, I've seen them while I've been on tour with the Climate Listening Project, uh, most recently filming The Story We Want, my new documentary series in Florida, where I saw you know, the rising sea level, um, not just during the hurricanes like we saw with Irma recently, but 
rising seas on sunny days. Sunny day flooding is what they call it. And so those changes there um, in Miami, a place that with beautiful Art Deco, this place that we love to go to this beach there. Um, so they're having pumps that are taking the water out of the tourist areas. But the people that live there that work in the restaurants and the hotels and the places that we love to hang out at, those people are still dealing with the sunny day flooding um, more and more and more regularly. Travel to Montana, forest fires, also uh, changing landscapes, trees, sort of just skeletons of trees disappearing due to pine beetle because they're not having those cold winters like they used to. Um, all of these places kind of changing, you know, here in America and around the world. And so, you know, I'm really excited to have Paula here to talk about some of the things that we're seeing and then to have Kathy here to talk about all of the amazing people that are working together on solutions. That's awesome. And before we get right deep into it, I want to just make sure that everybody knows about the Climate Listening Project. So just tell us a little bit about that history and how you've gotten to where we are today. Yeah, for the past few years, I've been traveling across America and around the world to listen to people's climate stories and to weave those stories with science and the things that we love, the, the food that we eat, the things we need, our families, our children that we love so much, the places that we love to travel to, like Belize and the way that we're connected with those places, like a bird that we love that migrates there. And we share these experiences together and they connect us, even though it seems like we're so divided. Oftentimes, um, there are these things that connect us that bring the climate change conversation back home. You know, so I, I go out, I listen to these conversations and I share them through films and videos. I just finished my first big film festival where we were selected as a finalist and then and was accepted to the Belize International Film Festival, where the Woodthrush Connection, my um, film, will be up with amazing films from Costa Rica and Africa and Asia and all of these places around the world. Um, and so I'm really excited about that coming up. And my new series, The Story We Want, follows women across America who are working together to protect their children from climate change impacts, as well as impacts from the fossil fuel industries that we're seeing across America. Well, all such important work, and I thank you for that. And I, before we even go further, where can somebody go just to, if they're wanting to get a little bit more information, where could they go right now? They can go to climatelisteningproject.org to watch all of the films. They're all available to watch online, as well as the Climate Listening Project on Facebook. Awesome. Well, Paula, why don't you give us a little bit of background about your... your uh, Work. Sure. Uh, I'm a tropical meteorologist, which means I study hurricanes. And for the last few years, I've been working in climate change in tropical locations. So some of that has to do with Belize and Dana's project. And some of it has to do with the United States and what we're able to say about climate change. Uh, so I used to work for the government. I don't anymore. I have my own business now as a storyteller for scientists. And I'm working on a new podcast of my own called Science Tango, where I try to bring together scientists and businesses to talk about issues that um, cut across both areas. So when I was thinking about coming here today, I was thinking about travel and tourism. And I used to be on a panel that connected NOAA and their research here in town with coastal areas. So that was kind of my tie into the travel industry. And one of the things that 
I was thinking about talking about are the many lenses we can look at of travel. So I know you've talked about international travel and domestic travel and the reasons for traveling and how travel changes people and their stories and things like that. But we have about five different lenses we could look at this issue through. And one of them is about the vulnerability of the locations that, you know, we like to visit and we like to um, spend our money and time at, right? And how sustainable those places are. So Dana was talking about Miami Beach. We could be talking about Canada. We could be talking about um, snowmaking facilities, skiing facilities. Uh, we could be talking about how to mitigate the impact of our travel to these places. And we could be talking about where future travelers will go because where they might choose to go uh, can change. Well, that is so important. And Kathy, I want to definitely bring you into the conversation. So in a nutshell, tell us about the Collider real quick, because then we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll pick up right with you. Well, sure. First of all, thanks, Marilyn and Dana, for, for having me today and, and letting us talk about the Collider. It is a nonprofit innovation center uh, in downtown Asheville. And our job is to help business people with business ideas and climate scientists come together and collide, if you will, to come up with solutions for climate change. And so we look forward to um, telling you more about that after a while. Absolutely. Well, thank you all, Kathy and Paula and Dana, for being here today. It's This is really important. And I felt having this series and being able to talk about travel tourism, and climate is so important. So thank you so much. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel, and we'll be back right after the break. This football season, Speaking of Travel, is joining the tailgating celebration, featuring the food, drinks, and colorful characters that gather in college stadium parking lots on game days. Our good friend, veteran journalist, and author Doc Lawrence will be sharing the flavors and aromas that make this so much fun during the fall. You can be sure that Doc will have celebrities and restaurant recommendations. You can tune in each week through December for all the fun right here on Speaking of Travel. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Blue Ridge Motorcycling Magazine is a quarterly guide to the best rides and most interesting riders. Available in newsstands and at blueridgemotorcyclingmagazine.com. 
Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website, speakingoftravel.net. You'll find prior podcasts and photo galleries, and you can sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. There'll be lots of information going out on that pretty soon. And remember, when you're flying in and out of Asheville, North Carolina, travel by the Asheville Regional Airport. No road trip required. You just drive down, get at the airport. It's served by Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, United. They're all happening right there. And if you're coming in to look for a place to live, be sure to visit my pals over at Appalachian Realty. They have a cute little bungalow right off of Charlotte Street on Arlington Place. And it is a cute, cute little bungalow and filled with really knowledgeable and fine people who can help you find that perfect bungalow or farm or whatever. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, I'm excited to have here in the studio today Dana Ruggiero. She's with the Climate Listening Project. You started the Climate Listening Project. Yeah, it's been it's been a few years on the road listening to climate stories and sharing films through the Climate Listening Project. And, you know, when I started it here in Asheville, North Carolina, I honestly had no idea that this was a hub for climate change. And so as I'm traveling in and out of the Asheville Regional Airport to go to all of these places around the country and around the world, I I also realized it's such an easy place for people to come to as well and fly in and meet with amazing people who are like, you know, Andrew Jones and Ellie over there with Climate Interactive who are working on data. I made a video with them actually for the Paris Climate Talks. Um, there's all of these amazing businesses and individuals that are working together. Um, they're at the Collider in Asheville, as well as at NOAA. We have the nation's hub of climate data here. We've had Nobel laureates winning about their research and, you know, all of these amazing people like Paula here and Laura Lenick that are working on climate solutions. Asheville really is a hub for climate change. And um, these Solutions are needed as we talk about travel and the ways that we're all connected around the world. Um, you know, I thought it was important to have Kathy here um, and to learn more about what we're doing right here in Asheville, North Carolina, that others can come in and get involved in. Well, Kathy, why don't you tell us a little more about the Collider? Because it's it's a fairly new concept even in the whole world. It certainly is. And, you know, the funny thing about it is that the person who owns our building is a woman in the hospitality business. She owns hotels up and down the East Coast and and um, 
she decided she wanted to come to Asheville and purchase some property here. She purchased our building, which is right in the middle of downtown, and she was not aware of the impacts of climate change on her industry. She became completely enthralled with what she learned once she came to Asheville. And, you know, we call Asheville Climate City. It's more than Beer City, although I definitely love that beer. (laughs) Um, It is also, as Dana said, it is a hub for climate information, for climate research, for um, people that are, you know, Rocket scientists actually working down the street from my office. I often say that if I'm walking in downtown Asheville, a.k.a. Climate City, and I say to someone, hey, do you know what the weather is going to be tomorrow? Chances are I'm asking a climate scientist who is telling that same information to the rest of the world. So it's a really cool place, um, the Collider. Now, let me preface all this by saying I am not a climate scientist. (laughs) I am learning um, uh, since I've been associated with the Collider, which opened just last year in March and sh- and uh, I am constantly awestruck by the people I meet, such as Paula, who I met at the Collider, such as Dana, who I met at the Collider. Um, I'm awestruck by the work that's being done here, by the solutions that are being developed, by the um, the commitment and the passion uh, about this. And we are just um, thrilled for people to recognize that Asheville is a place where the next great climate solution is going to come from. We are convinced of that, and we think it's going to be right there at the Collider. That is awesome, and and it's so important. I, I, I can't stress that enough, that with the events that have unfolded just over this year, uh, fires, hurricanes, flooding, natural disasters that seem to come out of the blue, and yet really there's some rhyme or reason to that. You want to talk a little more about that, Paula? Yeah. I was talking with my husband, who's also a meteorologist this morning, actually, and we were talking about how the season for hurricanes isn't even over yet this year. They're actually watching a storm that'll probably get a name today, uh, just south of Nicaragua, that's moving into the Gulf of Mexico and is predicted to become another major hurricane in the Gulf this week. So it's just adding uh, more more fuel to the fire, so to speak. The warming sea waters uh, increase the ability for a storm to form. We have all the storms that have happened already this year, you know, Irma and Maria and Harvey, you know, we... We're talking about travel. We can't forget Houston either. You know, it's not a tropical island, but uh, there's still businesses there waiting to reopen. And I'm sure it's impacted travel to Houston as well. Um, In the Caribbean, there's really only a small amount of destinations that have been impacted for cruise ships, for instance. Really only about 30 ports are closed out of the many hundreds. And some of them are reopening faster than expected. On September 24th, Key West actually took in new new ships. They actually have tourists back on shore. And that was kind of surprising to me. Um, it, it seemed a little bit fast. And I know that the city government of Key West had to 
grapple with uh, how soon they were reintroducing travelers. They decided to open their arms to cruise ship travelers uh, because their impact is small. They show up for a few hours and then they leave. They don't need hotel rooms, which are currently occupied by first responders and people that are doing damage cleanup and things like that. Uh, but the economy and the needs of the local people to have their restaurants reopened and everything uh, outweighed keeping pe- keeping people offshore. So that was one thing. One thing that I did hear that kind of struck me as, wow, this is really happening fast, was um, there's a trolley in Key West. Have you ever traveled to Key West? And uh, they've been taking people on tours to see the damage. So we we do wonder about things like that, you know, damage tourism, really, and the same thing going on in St. Thomas and the Virgin Islands. But these ports are reopening fast because the people need the economic input. Absolutely. And what you were talking about, too, Dana, as far as, you know, helping community, <clears throat> excuse me, helping communities um, that we love, you know, communities of people that are so important uh to humanity. They're people. Right. That's that is the absolute truth. And I think that something to think about, you know, just is that we if we look in our communities, we will see the impacts actually, you know, that we're not maybe paying attention to or not connecting to climate change. When I started the Climate Listening Project, we had the wettest year on record ever in the history of Asheville, North Carolina a few years ago. And then when I came back from my last tour, it was actually a hundred year drought and we were having forest fires like we'd never seen before. And if I wasn't back from these tours and listening to climate stories around the country, I wouldn't be connecting these dots necessarily to climate change, you know? If I didn't know people like Paula and the folks over at the Collider, I wouldn't be able to go deeper in on that and learn more about how, like you said, Paula, the warming gulf is causing those maybe stronger storms. We had a flooding event in Harvey, more rain than we'd ever seen before. So just paying attention to those things, um, thinking about how we can help the communities that live there, the people that work at the places that we love um, and support these areas now um, so that we can continue to travel to these places places that we love. That's sustainable travel to me. Absolutely. And when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about that and how we can help, how we can help these communities and what we can do to really make an impact. So thank you all for being here. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We'll be back right after the break. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Blue Ridge Motorcycling Magazine is a quarterly guide to the best rides and most interesting riders. Available in newsstands and at blueridgemotorcyclingmagazine.com. 
With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. This football season, speaking of travel, is joining the tailgating celebration, featuring the food, drinks, and colorful characters that gather in college stadium parking lots on game days. Our good friend, veteran journalist, and author Doc Lawrence will be sharing the flavors and aromas that make this so much fun during the fall. You can be sure that Doc will have celebrities and restaurant recommendations. You can tune in each week through December for all the fun right here on Speaking of Travel. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. Well, I've got on the line live with me today Doc Lawrence. He's talking to us from Where are you, Doc? I'm in Chapel Hill, one of the loveliest cities in the country, Marilyn. Well, I want to hear more about the tailgating down south. What's going on down there right now? Well, Got in town last night. I couldn't resist having an extra day and did a little bar hopping. I'm going to go on up to my son. And if you can't find a bar on Franklin Street, if you can't find a restaurant on Franklin Street here in Chapel Hill, you need to stay home. But today it's tailgating. We're getting serious. Uh, started off the day with breakfast at sunrise. Uh, that is what breakfast is all about in North Carolina. Man, do I feel good. And I topped off a good country ham and eggs with a homemade cinnamon roll. Uh, I'm going to have lunch later on at Adelman Sons. I stopped by there. Uh, they have a claim from coast to coast about their North Carolina-style barbecue, which has got a vinegar-based sauce, which I happen to love. But we're here today to entertain the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. And if you think they don't come to North Carolina today, you're wrong. There's their green everywhere. Their fans are fanatics, and they're also nice people. And Chapel Hill is a good place for a visiting team because this place is civilized. They take their sports seriously. They take their drinking seriously. They take their food seriously. And they also take Southern hospitality very seriously. I love being here. But back to the events of today. Um, you know, North Carolina has one of the great wine-producing sections of the country outside of Napa in California. And I thought today we'd talk a little bit about some North Carolina wines and how they go with tailgating. One of my favorites is Ragapalassie. Uh, on the Yadkin Valley Wine Trail, uh, Luna and Frank Hobson are two of the great citizens of the Tar Heel State. And I've selected a bottle of their Syrah, a red wine that has roots from the Rhone Valley of France, with a Viognier, their white wine. And we ought to be able to find some good food that will go with these two specialty bottles from Ragapalassie. And I might parenthetically state there are about 40 other great wineries on the Yadkin Valley Trail. I always enter in Mount Airy to do my 
uh, wine traveling. And it's easy to segue right on down here to Chapel Hill. Today, some of the great dishes of the of North Carolina are just available everywhere. Uh, tailgating in any North Carolina college is a thrill. Here in Chapel Hill, it's an art form. Uh, one thing that strikes me is the is that Chapel Hill and the University of North Carolina may be the oldest state chartered university in the country. They have an ongoing rivalry with the University of Georgia as to who was first. But for today, as far as we're concerned, it's North Carolina. It's the Tar Heels. They reign. They do something that nobody else does, is that they apply tailgating sophistication that I rarely see anywhere else. They take this stuff seriously. And I've enjoyed this roaming around, sampling foods, uh, enjoying myself, uh, getting some recipes, and we have some surprise recipes that I'll post on the Internet, on Facebook with Marilyn, uh, on LinkedIn with Marilyn, on Twitter with Marilyn, and you'll see them during the coming week. Well, Doc, today, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. No, tell us what's going to happen, because then we're going to wrap it up. Well, I can tell you this. I am going to be visiting one tent after another until I get so full and have so much wine that I can't take it anymore. And I'll tell you what, I need to get started. I have people yelling at me, get on over here, Doc. So that's about all there is for tailgating down south today. Tailgating down Chapel- south. What, how can we get online and find that, Doc? You can go to downsouthtoday.blogspot.com. You can go to Doc Lawrence on Facebook, Doc Lawrence on LinkedIn, and at Doc's News on Twitter. And you're going to see Marilyn speaking of travel and tailgating down south galore. Awesome. Well, thanks, Doc. We're excited. Have fun and be careful out there. Thank you, Marilyn. See All you right. Soon. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was Doc Lawrence. We're excited about the tailgating down south. And here we are back in the studio with Dana and Paula and Kathy. Thank you so much for being here. And we're talking about climate change, sustainable tourism. And we were talking before the break about how we can help communities. And Dana, why don't you talk a little about that? Well, I, you know, was thinking of the different ways that People can get involved now to help Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, all of the places that we love. You know, find local organizations that are working on the ground. It's a great opportunity, actually, for um, supporting these organizations to hire local people. You know, so make sure that you're giving locally. Um, that, you know, is the main main thing for me, I think, um, is right now just seeing how you can support the local organizations and the local people. If that's with money, then great. If there are supplies, sometimes right now people are putting up Amazon wish lists and things like that. I don't think it's quite there in Puerto Rico yet. Um, but definitely, you know, um, think about the places that you've been or think about the places that you'd love to go to and 
think about the ways that you can be talking about climate change now in everyday conversations at home, at work, um, sharing your climate stories, just being more aware of the climate change that we're that we're seeing helps these conversations to get elevated so that we can pass policies and we can have investments in businesses that are working on innovative solutions. Um, you know, so really just any little thing in our day to day lives can that can move this conversation forward and help to accelerate these conversations locally is important. But then also in response to these storms, you know, giving locally, supporting those places locally, I think is important. Um, but, you know, it's not just the hurricanes and, you know, that that big, big impact that we're seeing. It's it's re- it's on the regular daily basis that we're seeing impacts from climate change. And, um, you know, even on our wineries and our vineyards and these places, um, you know, I've heard a lot of different things about how um, climate change is going to impact those things that we love. You know, I visited Belize and the the chocolate there and how that's being impacted from climate change. Um, you know, the coffee that we love. But Paula pulled it and said, um, you know, the vineyards, the wineries, we're seeing impacts from climate change there. Yeah, the grape growing uh, regions are changing and the temperatures are changing and the varieties of grapes that they'll be able to grow are changing. So, you know, travel to the Napa Valley. Well, one thing that I want to add about what we can do is actually plan our travel, spend dollars in the regions that have been affected is is a good way to help them recover. Uh, but then also be mindful of how to plan our travel. There's well, that I wanted to kind of bring that up, too, because it seems that traveling to places that are being affected and, you know, are changing. How do how do we best go about that? Well, you know, one thing is I wanted to go to Glacier National Park before the glaciers disappeared forever. And it's something that we're seeing where we may not be able to go to these places again. Right, Paula? Yeah. The New York Times did a really cool story called um, Before It Disappears. And it was a travel log story. And they listed a bunch of places you might want to go before they disappear. And But they talked about the travel industry and how um, people want to see things before they disappear, and they want to be the last. And throughout history, we wanted to be the first. It's part of human nature to want to go and explore and see new places and new things. But actually visiting these places heightens the awareness, can bring money for conservation efforts and preservation efforts to a lot of places, and you know inject dollars into their economy. And, and I think that's so important. It gets businesses investing and working together, right, Kathy? That's right. And, you know, one thing I want to bring up is at the Collider, we do have the businesses that are creating uh, solutions for climate change. But we also do a lot of public engagement events where people can come and learn more. We have uh, an upcoming um, uh, lecture and movie on Climate and chocolate, as you were just talking about. Last year, we did something on climate and coffee. We are doing something on climate and wine. And so we're doing all of these things to help the general public. They can come and they can learn and then they can make their decisions and figure out how they can support and uh, and just become educated. And as Dana said, you know, become advocates and talk to their policy makers. Well, the educational part is so critical important. And when we come back from the break, Kathy, I want to talk a little bit about that more and how 
you know, these programs that you provide at the Collider are segueing into the work that Dana's doing and into the work that Paul is doing and how it's all coming together, because that's how we're going to make change happen. We have to be educated. Well, thank you all for being here today. It's really great. We're learning so much, and it's going to help change the way that we travel. So thank you all. We'll be back right after the break. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. Blue Ridge Motorcycling Magazine is a quarterly guide to the best rides and most interesting riders. Available in newsstands and at blueridgemotorcyclingmagazine.com. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow, in a walkable community or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. This football season, speaking of travel, is joining the tailgating celebration, featuring the food, drinks, and colorful characters that gather in college stadium parking lots on game days. Our good friend, veteran journalist, and author, Doc Lawrence will be sharing the flavors and aromas that make this so much fun during the fall. You can be sure that Doc will have celebrities and restaurant recommendations. You can tune in each week through December for all the fun right here on Speaking of Travel. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570, WWNC 880, and 92.9 The Revolution. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net and sign up for the new Speaking of Travel Travel Club. And if you're flying in and out of the Asheville area, be sure to go to the Asheville Regional Airport. No road trip required. You get on the plane. You get off at the destination. It's as easy as that. And remember, Appalachian Realty, right off of Arlington Street, on uh, they're on Arlington Street, right off of Charlotte Street. Great place to go if you're looking for that perfect place in Asheville or Western North Carolina. Well, if you're joining us late, my guests today are talking about climate, climate change, tourism. Dana Ruggiero is here with the Climate Listening Project. I've got Kathy P. Peterson of the Collider and Paula Hendon, you're a hurricane expert. What do you do exactly, Paula? <laughs> so I have a business where I try to connect scientists with business people. I love that. And tell stories. 
Well, the science storytelling. Tango. Science Tango. Science I have a podcast it actually next week. So. Now, do you have a website? Okay. And I have a website, sciencetango.com. And I also have a Facebook page where I'm actually going to put a list of things that you can do to try to travel responsibly thinking about climate change. Oh, that's so nice. Well, we're going to pass that around because it's so important. And before the break, we were talking about the importance of education. And that's something that all of you are doing, Dana, with your climate listening project, with your other projects that you're doing, and Paula, what you're doing. But Kathy, I want to talk a little bit more about the collider and what's going on over there, because it's such a unique concept. And it's something that is so important, not only locally and regionally and statewide, but nationally and globally. Well, the Collider is on the fourth floor of the Wells Fargo building in town, downtown Asheville. And on that floor, we have a co-work area and business offices that are climate solution providers, that are in environmental and sustainability organizations. There are about 50 uh, organizations and people working up there. Um, but in addition, we also have a space, a theater space, and we have uh, numerous events every month that the that the uh, public can be part of and learn from. As a uh, matter of fact, we had Dana has had two events there. She premiered her uh, documentary um, uh, back in uh, a few months ago, and we have uh, movie nights every month. We have lectures every month. We have book authors. I mean, recently we had the senior writer of the book called Project Drawdown, which is uh, presents 100 solutions for or uh, climate change. And so uh, every one of these are a packed house. We have about 200 people that can fit into that space. And, uh, you know, we have an author coming up who is going to be talking about his new book, The Water Will Come. It is talking about, um, you know, rising seas, climate, uh, you know, climate change and sinking cities, those kinds of things. But what we try to do is educate people and give some hope and say, here's what you can do. Um, and so it's not a place where we sit around and mope and, and, and be, you know, despair about climate change. It's where we say, okay, we're going to step up and do something about it. And here's what you can do. Here's what I can do. Here's what this business can do. Here's what this climate scientist can do. Together, it's a place where we collide, which is where we have the name, the collider, where we can come together, all these different kinds of people, and figure out what we can do about climate change. And how would somebody go to find out more information? Well, our website is thecollider.org. We are a nonprofit organization, so it is thecollider.org. And on our web, on our homepage, you will see a tab that says events, and you can go to our event calendar there, and we list all of the public events we have. We also list some of the community events that are taking place re- related to climate, related to environmental issues, related to sustainability. So that is a well-visited site, and I encourage everyone to take a look at it. And And I do, too, because really what you're saying about educating and being able to be a part, we all in these days of, you know, there's just so much going on. And I know that each person 
wonders, what can I do? Everything seems so big. What can one person do? And in fact, it's the act of one person taking a little responsibility and building that bigger and bigger and bigger when change happens. And Dana, that's exactly what you've been doing. That's your that seems to be your overriding objective is getting people one person at a time to make change happen. Yeah, I very much believe that, you know, we are dealing with the realities of climate change now. So I show the real people that are dealing with the impacts than the real people that are creating solutions. And so I was just down in Miami. I interviewed um, a, Republi- a Republican congressman who was the co-founder of the Climate Solutions Caucus. I interview a mom in rural Colorado about the fossil fuel industry impacts in her communities. Um, I've interviewed people about how dry and how the winters are changing and different um, in the Southwest in the hotter, hotter days that we're seeing there. I've interviewed people all across the country and really trying to find those connections, those things that we love, those things that we need. And so, you know, this series that we'll be doing together, Marilyn, is, is really exciting to me because, you know, today we had an opportunity to talk about the solutions and the ways that people can get involved in sustainable travel. And and next time we'll have an opportunity to talk about what we're seeing across America, the impacts that we're seeing and the ways that people can get involved right in the middle of America in agritourism. Um, and then how farmers are working to build resilient communities and how all of that works together um, with communities and jobs and people um, on climate solutions. And on the third one, we'll have ecotourism and birding. And we'll talk about around the world, people working together and sharing their climate stories and just talking about climate change in our day to day. Well, this is what it's all about, is creating that dialogue. And this is an opportunity right now for everyone to be able to check out your website, which is again, climatelisteningproject.org and also on Facebook you can connect with me at the Climate Listening Project. Yep. And Paula? So my website is sciencetango.com and you can also find me on Facebook at Science Tango. Awesome. And, and Kathy? again, uh, the collider.org. We also are on Facebook. We have a lot of our events listed there as well as on our website and we certainly look forward to seeing everyone come check out the Collider and see what we have going on there. Absolutely. Because as as we begin to talk and listen, tell stories, be a part of the solution. I mean, certainly we can't change the rising waters. I mean, there's or maybe we can. Kathy, would you oh. say a little bit about what people well, in Nashville and Climate City are doing, working together with people around the world? Yes, um, we we do have um, businesses that are working at the Collider who are helping places like Broward County and Florida, who are helping municipalities like Charleston say, okay, this is what is happening, and helping them visualize with 3D imagery, this is what will happen if the seas rise this much, and showing them so they can plan accordingly. They can reroute traffic to their hospitals. They can uh, change where they're going to build cities or uh, streets and those kinds of things. So we um, we may not be able to 
change everything, but a little bit at a time we can do. And as we're at this shift, basically what we need to happen is to just to say, all right, we've got to work together on solutions. That's it. We just got to be working together on climate change, not convincing anybody about anything. It's just these day to day realities that we need to be dealing with so we can mitigate and adapt right now. Right now. So let's not wait another minute. I want to thank you, Dana, for being here today. I'll look forward to you uh, being on the show next month. Talking about all the beautiful places we love. I know. And Paula, thank you so much. And Kathy for being here today. It's great to be here. It's an awesome dialogue. It's a great way to get started. And I thank you all for the work that you're doing, for the collaboration that's going on here. It's going to make us want to travel more and be a part of the community. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. I want you to go out this week and think of something that you can do that could maybe make a difference. Check out any one of these websites, all of these websites. Start a dialogue. And remember, don't postpone joy. Oh.